The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Was surprised when uh, rolled out of bed this morning and heard the news uh, this morning regarding uh, Jaskarat Singh Sidhu, who uh, stood up in court today, said five words I plead guilty, Your Honor. Um, of course, he's the semi driver charged in the Humboldt Broncos crash. He entered a guilty plea to 29 counts of of dangerous driving. We know that 16 people died, 13 people were injured. That was back in April. Yeah. Um, They were heading to a game at Nippon. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. Um, And I I discussed this at the time with my brother uh, in the capacity of an ex-RCMP officer, and that's what he was for many, many years, and worked highways. Not Saskatchewan, but he worked highways. And he and I had this conversation, and he said the burden of proof for that charge is is quite high yeah. and difficult to prove. And we had come to the conclusion back then that as much as people wanted a charge to be laid, and this is just my brother and I talking over beers, we didn't think a charge would get laid because it's just so difficult to prove. You have to have you have to have a lot of witnesses to erratic behavior mm-hmm. on the highway in order to prove that charge. So that was sort of my opinion, but you know, again, no one consulted me. So when the charges were laid, I was quite interested at that point to see what the Crown's case was and how they had built um, the evidence to support those charges. And now we may never find out what the Crown's case is. And, and, and really, to the credit of the driver, what he's saying is, I don't want a trial because I don't want to put the families through that again. He's also acknowledging that many family members of those killed or injured in that accident have been very supportive of him and don't... Oh, there has been some sharing of information as well, yes. saying, you know, they have a very strong case against you. Oh, is that right? <laughs> well, I don't know that. Maybe. I don't know that. Maybe. But I'm thinking I wouldn't yeah. be surprised either. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, how do you feel about that? Uh, without knowing what the evidence is now. And, you know, I wanted to hear, personally, I just wanted to hear what the evidence was and draw from any experience I had in the trucking industry to say whether or not I just personally agreed with, you know, the charge and and the burden of proof, but now we won't have that opportunity. Well, I wonder... And I mean, maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, well, I, I wonder how much information will come out eventually down the line when, you know, after sentencing and, and that that sort of thing, you know, when more information is, yeah. is made available. I do think, um, um, you know, I know the families obviously still have a lot of questions, but I think they're right. They're, they're, for, for many of them, they don't want to relive that. They don't want to sit through, um, you know, the, the photos, the videotape, anything like Absolutely. that, right? So, um, You know what's also interesting is that there's charges pending against the company as mm-hmm. well. And among those charges, and they're, by the way, still not in operation today um, because their license has been suspended, but among those charges is uh, keeping duplicate logbooks. And now, again, Jay, it's been a long time since I was in the trucking industry, and I'm sure it's been 25 years, and mm-hmm. I'm sure that you know regulations have changed, so I don't know specifically what the regulations are with regard to number of hours consecutively that you can drive, but it's something along these lines that you have to, in the absence of some... Uh, technology which monitors it for you in the truck, 
or satellite back to your dispatcher, you have to keep a logbook. And you have to work a certain number of hours per day and per week, and it adds up. It's like you can go 10 a day, and I'm just pulling these numbers out of nowhere. You can go 10 a day two days, but you can't do it the third day, or you have to do an average of eight per day or whatever. Whatever the regulations are, what you can't do is have two logbooks. And the reason you have two logbooks, it's just dishonest. It's basically you keep the first log until you meet, mm-hmm. meet the maximum number of hours. Then you chuck that one under your seat and get another logbook out yeah. and start again. Yeah. And then if you're stopped at a scale and asked to provide your logbooks, you do. Or yeah. if you're stopped on the highway and you say, no, I've only been driving for two hours when, in fact, you've been driving for 12. So that's... I'm kind of surprised... And maybe it's because he decided to plead guilty or they knew that he would, that they've gone with the driver first. I think I would have been also interested in knowing what the outcome of the charges well, against the trucking well, company was. Well, they're two separate cases. They are, but one really relates to the other. Yeah, if, but there'll be two separate cases. They yeah. are, they are. But I would have preferred the trucking one first, and only because, okay. and again, this is just my personal well, preference. But no, but it won't now because he's pled guilty. Mm-hmm. But the reason is, if the, if the company is found guilty of allowing or encouraging their drivers to keep multiple sets of logbooks, for example, that would have an impact on his conduct that day because that would suggest that listen my the guy who I work for told me I had to drive for 16 mm-hmm. hours I was really tired like that kind of thing so it would mitigate a little bit doesn't change how mm-hmm. tragic the event was but it might make people understand a little bit where this driver was coming from on that particular day but like I say I don't know what we'll find out now about the accident and everybody I've talked to and everybody in the industry and law enforcement and first responders everyone I've had a conversation with this about since it happened sort of scratches their head a little bit about how it how it could have happened other than the driver failing to stop at a stop sign and you know driving through the intersection Uh uh so uh, I suspect after the sentencing is all done, we'll we'll find out uh, so. more of the more of the details. I would like time. to find out without putting uh, this is the best scenario of a bad situation. I would like to find out the details of the accident without putting the families through, you know, like you said, footage and and testimony about. Pill oh, for, for weeks, for weeks on end. Oh, right? yeah, so, would have gone on forever. Um, yeah. And I, I think at the end of it, it is okay. What is that? What what happened that day? What was it? Was it a combination of the the sun? You didn't see this. Whatever. Is there? A, was there a history of of reckless driving? What is it? That's what we all want the answer to. Right. And was you know what? So, experience with that equipment. So, so here's the thing. We will find out now. I think it's April. Was it April? They said that he um, the sentencing hearing is going to be, and five days have been set aside set aside for that, and and that's going to be uh, a tough go as well because those will be victim impact statements that sort of thing uh, as well the the Humboldt Broncos uh, hockey club saying uh, today that um, they're relieved uh, the organization is relieved that this has been resolved like this without the need for a drawn out trial they thank him for taking responsibility for his actions and pleading guilty. They said uh, that it's a positive step in the healing process for the survivors, grieving families, for the team and the community. And um, it says, uh, you know, it's uh, one more step in trying to to move forward. So we'll see. We'll see what the mm-hmm. uh, what the sentencing will be uh, when that time comes. So for sure. All right. It is 2.17 on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. We'll take a break here. Regroup. Come back after this. 
Thanks for joining us on this uh, chilly Tuesday afternoon. Uh, coming up on the show today, Anne Kaplan. She is uh, one of the uh, real housewives of uh, Toronto, but she's also a self-made millionaire and author of a new book called How to Be Successful in Spite of Yourself. So Anne's going to join us in studio. Uh, plus, we'll tackle the uh, the situation going on with uh, the Big Horn, mm-hmm. uh, out in Big Horn country with the, the parks and the, the cancellation of the public consultation and what appears to be um, a lie, I yeah. would say, regarding you know the situation out there about the reasons why they were cancelled. So we'll do that, and plus Peter Burge is a freezing father. We'll check in with him. Yeah, you know what? We were going to do something else here, but let's talk about this for a second, because that Bighorn story, and we're going to tackle it at three with Ryan Smith, not the hockey player. <laughs> um, that's an interesting one, because and I don't want to bog down the conversation with him over this, but the definition of public consultation is really interesting. Whether you're talking about pipelines or whether you're talking about uh, turning uh, the Bighorn area, you know, the, into a provincial park, because the I think the con- concept among citizens like us is that consultation means they're going to listen um, as opposed to talk, and that they're going to take concerns raised and they're going to amend plans based on the concerns of local residents to whatever it is. But consultation often means. And I could have added to that list, you know, a homeless uh, center in Twilliger, right? Consultation often means simply telling the community what they're going to do. And Yeah, well, we saw how that worked for, you know, the pipeline, right? right. So, no, they're, they're actually... You, I think governments, are, I'm hoping that governments are starting to learn that they do actually need to sit down and take a listen and, um, you know, uh, take some of that input and... Um, and take it to heart. Yeah, you know because, what? Because because we, we, we saw say. we saw a whole pipeline stalled because of it. Well, it's it, you know with because it wasn't done properly. If right, you that's correctly. just it though. With consultation, it's sort of a three pronged type problem, right? You have consultation that's not done completely or um, you know properly. So that would be the pipeline story. Where listen, no matter who you want to point the finger at, what happened is some people weren't consulted. So that's a problem, right? Now here we are. Uh, you have say the homeless shelter uh, or. I don't know what they wanted to call it, but not a shelter, but whatever, the homeless center in Twilliger, where you say, well, the consultation was not in any way interested in anyone's views on that. We're just telling you what's happening, happening, right? And then you have this bighorn, which is sort of a combination of the two, I think, and we'll find out more about it at three, but it's a story that's sort of evolving, as you pointed out before we went on air. The problem there is consultation was planned, um, but not all the information was there. And there's really not much, in the eyes of those who went to the, the first meeting, it, there's no real point in consulting if it's really just, uh, you know, a show. Like, if it's just, yeah. hey, here's pictures of what trees look like when we groom trails. Like, it, no. Yeah, but part of me wonders if, if, you know, that's the way it was done for so long and people just accepted it and that was done and they were able to do it. We could push maybe. it through maybe before an election and, you know, a tickety-boo. Yeah. Um, whereas this one has people's backs up and uh, we're seeing more and more of, I think, people getting uh, really ticked off when people are, when government's trying to push something through yes. Yes. Um, without being consulted. Uh, well, do you know what is makes that worse, Jay, is the fact that an election's coming up. Yeah, well, yeah, so, that's what you said. As you, right, and so what that suggests or puts in the back mm-hmm. of people's minds, whether it's true or not, is you're yeah. just trying to get this done before you're not well. in power. Like, that's how they see it, right? And I don't know if that's true, you know. But, but the claims, then, that the consultations are being... 
um, shut down and being moved to phone consultations because of concerns based on conversations with RCMP. And then the RCMP media relations officer from K Division says, yeah, no, there's been no problems right. whatsoever. So, okay, Minister, what's going on here? Right, and that's why... And we, then, then came out with another statement and never mentioned the RCMP right, again. Right, right. We sort of groomed that statement a little bit, talking about trails. Uh, but that's the thing, because you and I were talking before the show, and you said, and quite correctly so, you're like, well, there's kind of two big stories here. And you're right. The proposal for the park is is these original uh, it's the original story, story right yeah. but the story now is um the honesty of government and and the uh what do they call that transparency uh -huh. of of government and you know is what's going on here and and are the citizens being heard and i will i, I just again i wanted to i want to listen to what ryan has to say and give him the floor but that's coming up at three and we have some time I find personally, and I say this so many times when anyone is in here from government, that the way government thinks they get information from the people and how people want to give the government information are two entirely different things at all levels. You look at how many times the city says, well, we had a survey. Go on, online. Yeah, we had it online and like, you know, this was the response and that's not how citizens tend to want to talk to the yeah. government. and. How, what tends to happen is they sort of have a passing interest in it until they start to get the details, at which time they kind of unite and there's uh. town hall meetings or... And some of the counselors are great at getting out to community centers and having these meetings and sort of keeping their ear to the ground on what people are thinking. But oftentimes, by the time people are rallied up about it, it's too late. And that's the point at which they feel like they're not being heard because they're like, well, what's the point of a consultation if you've already got the plan? Whereas the government would tell you, well, the plan was announced... You know, this was in the works a couple of years ago, and we didn't hear from you until now. So there's a disconnect between government and citizen constantly, and it's over-communication. And I don't know what the answer to it is, except to say that in the event that you get huge pushback like this, hit the brakes. Like, if you get not any pushback, just huge. If you have rallies, if you're canceling rallies and people are standing up on chairs and, and getting, you know, uh, other citizens worked up and... and just pump the brakes because something's gone wrong. Like, don't dig in. And I find government tends to double down. They tend to try and prove their case. Like, they, they tend to go, okay, well, you're just misinformed or you don't have all the information. Or that's No, 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 pump the brakes because we elected you to represent us. And clearly the people in this area don't feel that's taking place. So pump the brakes. Well, we will talk with Ryan coming up uh, just after 3 o'clock again. He was kind of a, a voice of reason at this. He sure was. At this, uh, at this uh, meeting a couple of days ago, stood up and said, hey, you know, is anyone in support? Anyone who's against this? Just kind of got everything. It wasn't, it was a very calm yes. meeting and he very well spoken. So we'll talk to him. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.